Rise up, O men of God, have done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of kings. Rise up, O men of God, the kingdom tarries long. Bring in the day of brotherhood and then the night of wrong. Rise up, O men of God, the church for you doth wait. Her strength unequal to her task, rise up and make her great. Lift high the cross of Christ, tread where his feet have trod. As brothers of the Son of Man, rise up, O men of God. 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 Have done with lesser things. Let's go in our Bibles this evening to First uh, Timothy. First uh, Timothy. We're in the last chapter, and uh, we will be uh, proceeding after that to Second uh, Timothy. Uh, spending time in uh, in the uh, pastoral epistles, a lot to be gleaned as far as the local church and and uh, God's heart for the local church. <clears throat> and that uh, the phrase of that psalm, "Be done with lesser things," it is a tremendous challenge uh, for men. And really, it's a spirit of a lot of uh, what uh, uh, Paul was communicating uh, to Timothy is um, he would just have to keep his focus on, on that to, uh, to realize uh, the great cause that he had been called to and who had called him to it. And uh, we see here um, in verse 13, I give thee charge. And uh, so, um, you know, men, men will follow... Um, they'll follow a, a, a man who's a strong leader. It, uh, it's amazing. Over, you study that out through history. Um, and sometimes for bad, uh, sometimes for great. Um, but uh, it, it just seems like, um, you know, that, that God has, has cut us out that way. You give, you, give a, you give a man, you know, a cause that they're, that they're challenged by, that they get a vision for, and they, they will put their life on the line for it. And, uh, and, and, and to a large degree, you know, I, I, I know that uh, there, there's, uh, that, that, that's in, in me. I've, uh, I've, I've sensed that uh, over time, you know, that um, there's been different leaders that, that, that I've had uh, to, to look towards and that God has put in my, in my life um, that I enjoyed, you know, getting behind them. I enjoyed uh, you know, taking the, the charges that they gave and, and, and seeing that God had, uh, you know, to, had, had, had equipped them um, and had, uh, had given them uh, a vision for something that could be accomplished and just say, wow, you know, I, could, I can get behind that uh, with vigor and put my heart into it. And so, um, 
there is something to be said for that. And Paul is, he says, I, and that's, that's Paul's speaking, I give thee charge. But uh, he follows that with this. And this is, this is you know, th this really adds, this adds the whole uh, context to it that we need to have as Christians. And um, I give thee charge in the sight of God. In the sight of God. That adds a whole dimension to it that, that you know, isn't there if it's just the charge from a human being. And there is, there is a certain amount of, of influence in that. There's a certain amount, I think it's a God-given thing, of, um, you know, motivation that comes from that. But when you add to that, or when you put that in the context of, you know, not only, not only is there a leader that's giving me a charge here, but he's charging me in the sight of God. And so the idea is that he, he ideally has already been before the Lord in these things. He's laying himself bare in God's sight. He's saying, God, you know, search me, lead me. I am at your disposal fully, 100%. And uh, as, you, as you work in and through me, then maybe... Uh, you'll give me opportunity to charge others to do that as well. And, you know, more and more, I'm thinking that that's, that's the pattern right there. That is the pattern. That's, uh, that's, that's 2 Timothy 2.2, really, um, of, of those who have, you know, gotten the, the, the truth from God, and uh, they've taken that to heart, and then they pass it on to another, who then is equipped to pass that on to another, and and you know, and each, for each uh, um, uh, for, for each step that there's the charge that's given, you know, follow me as I follow God, and um, well, you know what they say is, as a leader, you can't lead anybody past a point that you've never been, right? And so that does a couple of things there. It, it keeps you accountable in the sight of God as a leader to say, God, I want you to. Please continue to work in my life to make you the leader that, that you want me to be so then I can be equipped to lead others to that spot as well. Now, let, let, me, let me ask you this. Is, what is there about your Christianity? What is there about your Christianity that you'd be enthused to try to lead others to? Is there something about your relationship with the Lord right now that you would say, man, I would love it if someone else could experience this. It would, it would bring a great joy to my life if I could pass this on to somebody else. And when you have something real, and you have something genuine, you have something that's truly come to you in the sight of God, then you can't help but want to share that. It's not something then that you have to, you know, well, you know, it's my duty to, to share about the Lord, so I guess I, I guess I kind of have to look for opportunities to do that if I have to. That's not it. <laughs> I mean, that is it sometimes, but that's not supposed to be it. I don't sense that that's it here for Paul. Paul's saying, look, you know, uh, man, uh, when, I, when I met Jesus on that, that road down there, I was, headed, I was headed representing myself. I was just in the sight of my own agenda and maybe impressing, you know, some others in the same gang. And uh, we were going to go down there. We we're going to round some Christians up, and we were going to, you know, we we're going to slap them around a little bit, all right? And so he's going down there, 
and on, on, the, on the road to Damascus, you know, and, and then Jesus interrupted that whole thing. Jesus interrupted his whole world and his whole agenda, right? And for as, as zealous as we know Paul was for what he felt was worth investing himself in then, and, and it seems like we're all, we all have something that we feel, you know, passionate about investing in, that zeal was turned fully after that to, to, uh, uh, to invest in for, for Jesus Christ. There was something about that encounter with Jesus that was real to him and that changed his whole life. It changed his whole goal. It changed his whole mission in life. And, you know, it's, it's no different than what the Lord offers us. Christian, you know, Jesus encountered you somewhere along the line. Whatever your Damascus was, wherever you were headed, Jesus came to you somewhere and got your attention, put that light on your life, and, and it opened you up to a perspective that you never had before. And when that happens, you know, that perspective, you just, you can, you can never go back from it. Once your eyes are open to it, you know, there's no recovering from that. Really. There's no going back. Um, it changes everything. And uh, it says here, I give thee charge in the sight of God. And then it says this, who quickeneth all things. Who quickeneth all things. We're going to spend a little time on that phrase uh, right there. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, I just pray now that you would quicken us. Lord, that you would uh, um, uh, bring life and vitality to those areas in our life where it needs to, uh, to be brought back. And, and, uh, and Lord, um, it is true, I, we confess that we don't see the th things the same once we, once we encounter you. And once we see you as the God of the living who has brought to life all things, it does change everything. And Lord, I may, may we be encouraged by that this evening and, and challenged by it um, as well. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so that, uh, that phrase there, as you heard me pray, it does, um, it does have the idea of, of bringing, bringing all things to life. And so anything that truly has life, God has done that. God has done that. God has brought life to that. Christianity is really, it's about life. And, you know, when, 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 my, when myself comes into to what's supposed to be Christianity, I know because it, it deadens stuff. Right? When you add yourself to your Christianity, it deadens things. It deadens your own spirit. It, 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 it deadens your context of influence. There's not the same life and vitality that's, that's supposed to be there. Now, it talks about in the sight of God. And, uh, you know, we can, we can point to a lot of examples of what has happened in our culture when we cease to function in the sight of God. When we wanted to start to disregard God as, 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 as the one that we're, we're ultimately accountable for, uh, too, right? We, wanted to, we just wanted to push him out of things. We wanted to just pretend that he didn't exist. 
I want to say, you know, we can, we can, do, we can do these things. We, we, can, we can do these things without God. And there's actually a lot of um, charging, motivation. Let's do this. Let's put our voices together. Let's put our energy together. Let's, uh, let's, 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 uh, let's, let's make a noise for a cause. And there's a lot of motiv- people that are very motivated, but it's not in the sight of God. It's not in the sight of God. Now look, here's the thing. Is that the, any quickening that has gone on in my life in the sight of God? It's all because of Him. Now, I, I did have to respond to it. I had to make the, the, the choice to respond to it. But, you know, I look so many, so many times at, at... I've had such great privilege to have light and life in my life. And not everybody's had that same privilege. You know, and uh, um, I had to, I, I, I had to, I had to come back to that, to that fact. Really, with with a little bit of abruptness uh, this week, because the thing of it is, when you when you understand that God made things, and it is God that, that gives life. It's God that quickens things, and everything is, is in His sight. That changes your whole perspective on things. But you've got to understand that if, if, if someone's eyes haven't been opened up to that, they don't have that same perspective. They don't, they don't have the luxury that you have of, of having that, that life-giving perspective. And there is something that, that within the, the, you know, God puts within the nature of mankind because they're like any other creature. They're unlike any other creature. They're unlike any other creature, so God has put his image in them. There is something that tugs at man's heart. There is something that, you know, when, when they are presented the truth, they do ponder it. They do reason it. But if they're not allowing the God of life to factor into that, Think about how that totally changes their perspective. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you have a whole generation now of kids that have been taught from the very time that they walk into a classroom. They walk into places where adults are telling them that they, that they, just, that they, they evolved from some sort of something, you know, nondescript matter, and that it randomly ended up being us today, and that we're just kind of part of that evolutionary process, and who knows where it's going to head um, in the future. And some of the, voice, some of the very influential voices out there have a lot of ideas as to what that should look like. And they're building new towers of Babel in ways that you can... It's like when, it, when, when you hear what they're saying, it shocks you. But they're going to try to pull it off. And we're talking about merging artificial intelligence with, with humanity. We're, we're, we're talking about um, having artificial intelligence take on a large role beyond even what God created for us to be as, as human beings. I mean, there's stuff that's going on that it's, 
But you know, when you stop back and, and take the, you know, the, the 30,000 foot view of it, it makes sense to the evolutionary mind. It makes sense. Like if you're starting from, the, from, if you're starting from a certain starting point, I would, I would be excited about the same things if I was starting from their starting point. Right? The potential of what we can accomplish, you know, what we can create for, for future days, what we need to eradicate that stands in the way of that. Now, do you know that, 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 that and this is, not, this is not conspiracy stuff. This is not fringe, way out there. This is what people are talking about in very influential places today. They're talking about getting the population down to a more manageable number so that the wealth distribution can, can then put everybody on, on equal footing, and it's really for the betterment of mankind. You know, it's like, it's like the old Scrooge line, de decrease the surplus population. And that sounds, it sounds crazy. And it sounds like, wow, how can people think that way? Well, they think that way because it's not in the sight of God. They're not thinking about that, 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 that God gave life and that he, and, and he was a part of every, every miracle of conception. And it is. It's amazing. I mean, for that to, you know, to, to, uh, to happen over and over and over again like that, like it does with human beings, and for them to come out with all the components that we have to function in life, it is an amazing thing. Every time it, it, it happens, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's like, any, unlike any you know, miracle that man can duplicate. But they're trying, man really wants to expand on it. They want to, exercise their creative genius, which we understand, again, as part of what is God-given, the God who quickens all things. He gives life to all things. And His common grace, He, he allows you know, human beings to, to explore, um, to discover, to develop, and to find great satisfaction in putting all the components of things that He put there, all the matter and everything and how it works. And, and, and and I look back, you know, I look at some of the things that man has put together and created, and I was like, wow, how did they come up with that? It's unreal. But God is just looking at it and saying, you know, they just kind of, they stumbled onto, or they, they meddled with it enough, or, or messed with it enough, so they found out how some things work, you know. And I think he smiles at it, and uh, I don't, it doesn't bother God at all, except when they start to, to push him away from it all. When they say, you know, this has nothing to do with God. This is all just about, we are God. <laughs> we are God, and we're going we're gonna to make this, you know, um, as gods, we're going to make this more and more what we want it to be. Now, you, you translate that mindset, and see, I, don't under, I, I, I can't see it from that perspective. You know, because I, I know that God created life, and he gave life, and it's for a purpose. And that all of that purpose is supposed to happen within the sight of, of God. You know, because, I mean, I, I've, that's, that's firmly in my heart. It's hard for me to understand, you know, the, the reaction that is going on right now towards just giving, you know, us maybe a fighting chance to, to, to stem the the, uh, the, the flow of uh, what has, you know, been happening to babies in the womb in our country. Now that, that's, you know, I feel very strongly about that because of my worldview. But not everybody has that worldview. You see? 
And I ha- if, I was of, if I was a child who had gone in when I was five years old, and I was taught by adults that this was all just random adaptation and that we're you know, evolving more and more, and that we're becoming more and more sophisticated all the time, and any, anything that stands in the way, any inconvenience that stands in the way of that, you know, that we need to kind of er- eradicate and take care of, I would, I would probably feel the same way about it. Now, by, na- by, by, by virtue of the fact that God's nature is, is placed within me, whether I, I'm suppressing that or not, there would be things that if I were to see it, like they say that most people, when they sit down and they're shown, actually, as horrendous as it is, when they're shown what happens to you know, the, the child in the womb in most abortions, how violent that is and how horrible that is, that it is, it is quite a wake-up call. Because, you know, we, we, like to, we, kinda like, we like to keep things kind of nebulous and, and nondescript, right? We can handle it better. Now it's just about, it's about you know, it's about a health care choice. It's about, you know, it's about my body and so on and so forth. And, and, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not being sarcastic at all. I'm not, I, I've heard, you know, the, 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 uh, the talking points, and I, I understand where they're coming from. I don't understand it. I don't take it to heart, but I understand where they're coming from. But even by being made in the nature of God, even if they don't believe, you know, if they're suppressing God and they don't believe in God, they haven't chosen to believe in God as the life giver, those things do, they do, they have shock value with human beings when they first see it or encounter it. But, you know, over time, the Bible says that our consciences, conscience with knowledge, that our consciences can be seared, they can be hardened. And... You know, when God was pushed out, do you know that, that, a, that a lot of, of, of violence um, came to, to bear when, that, when, when, uh, when, when we really went full-fledged on that? That we became a much more violent society? You remember the days of Noah, what they were characterized by? They were characterized by immorality and violence. What are our days characterized by? Immorality and violence. You know what the rainbow represents to us? The promise of God not to, you know... Um, to eradicate all that by means of a massive flood again. Um, and God's very gracious in that regard, but God, God is working and, and, uh, and, and He is, he is uh, seeking to, 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 to promote truth. And, and, and so you take a child, uh, though, so that from, from, from the age of five years old or, or less, they're being taught these things and, and they're being brought out to just think in very humanistic terms. We have generations generations now, like whole generations that have come up, you know, through that teaching for years and years. I mean, humanly speaking, they haven't stood a chance to think about God as you might think of Him. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're not thinking about God as the one who gave life and and that we stand before Him and and give account for that life. They're not thinking of, of life as having that sort of value. They're thinking of their life as having the level of value that would please them and what they can do for themselves as, as, a, as, a, as a humanistic God, as it were. And it makes sense from their worldview. It's the way that you would expect them to be functioning if they've taken to heart what they've been taught since they were little children. You see? And, um, and, and so you know, the Bible says when you train up a child... You know, in the end, they're not, they're not probably going to depart from that. It's a very powerful thing. Kids take what adults take, tell them to heart. 
That's why it's called childlike belief, you know, childlike faith. They take that to heart. And they go and, and they see the textbooks and, and, uh, and, and God isn't allowed to, to, to be, you know, talked about in school. I mean, you can talk about just about any other kind of perversion now in schools, but you can't, you know, you can't, you can't talk about God and His ways. It's, it's, it's incredible. And, uh, and, and so um, it is, it is, it's, a very, it's a very important time that we live in. I think it always has been for Christians. We need, to, we need to be clear as to why we believe what we believe, but uh, we also need to be compassionate towards those that haven't had maybe the same opportunity to come to the worldview that we have or that are still struggling through that. You know? Um, I, was, I was in a city yesterday. It, it, it's, it's, it's a ways from here. I was in a different state, and I encountered some people that I could just tell right off had a radically different worldview than I had. I try to look them in the eyes and smile at them and say hello. I'm saying I try because I did do that, but they didn't give me a whole lot in return to, to work with. I, I think they could tell that, you know, for as much as I could tell about them, they could probably tell something about me too. I don't, I don't know. But, um, you know... They need, they, they, need, they need an experience in their life of Jesus intercepting where they, where they are and, and, and opening things up to them. What chance are they going to get if, if we as Christians don't have a heart to give that to them? Right? They've been lied to for decades. And have you ever noticed to what extent people can go when they've been deceived for lengthy periods of time? Some horrendous things have happened in the, in the course of history as a result of that. And you're not going to break all the lies, you know, with, with, with one smile. But as you continue to smile, as you continue to be alive because of how God has quickened you, He has brought life to you, Christian. He has he has given you an abundant life. He has, he has explained things to you. He's given you a lively perspective. Um, he's given you a truthful worldview. You know, as you function in that, as you have the joy and the power of the Lord through that, you will have opportunities to impact lives. Your life was impacted by somebody who had that. Right? My life was as well. And God is working in lives today. Even here today, you know, you're here for a purpose. You know what the message is going to be. I'm not a, I don't preach on current events often, but you just can't help sometimes as you're reading through a passage, it just jumps out to you and it's like, yeah, God's word is just always so relevant to all times, you know. It's always, it's always relevant. And, uh, and so... Uh, um, uh, we do, we do, we do believe that that you know that this could that this could turn to you know to um, to saving. But let's let's go to a couple of passages here. Psalm uh, one hundred six. Psalm one hundred six. God who quickeneth all things.
If you pick it up in verse uh, 36, it says, And they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Verse 37, Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils. And then it says this, And shed innocent blood. And shed innocent blood. Even the blood of their sons and of their daughters. Now, I, I announced this morning, you know, that, that, uh, that my, my, my son and, uh, and my daughter, uh, uh, through marriage, Nicole, that they're expecting uh, their first child. And I already see that as, as a child which she's, she's bearing. I truly do. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think of that as just, you know, just another body part of Nicole. Uh, to, to me, when they announce that, I'm thinking grandchild. I'm thinking maybe first grandson. I have a feeling I'm going to have eight granddaughters in a row, but who knows? God has a way of evening things out over time, you know. But, uh, you know, so that's what I'm thinking. And that, that seems normal and rational to me, but it doesn't to everybody. But it does, it does say here, you know, that, that, that it is the potential of mankind to shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed in the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. The land has been polluted with blood. That's where they defiled uh, uh, with their own works and went a, a whoring of their own inventions. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, and so much as, um, as he abhorred his own inheritance. And he gave unto them in the hand of the heathen, and they hated them that ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection in their land. I mean, there's been a weakening in our land since we started pushing God out. I think the greatness of our country is losing its luster. And, but look, you know, we need to have churches that have people in the church that have come from all sorts of situations. Because we're reaching them with the gospel. You know, we need, we, need to have, we, need to have, we need to have ladies, perhaps, in our church who have, maybe they have had an abortion. Jesus loves them just as much as he loves you and I. His heart, Jesus' heart is tender towards people. That's why he died. <laughs> That's why we have the gospel. It's like in those churches, you know, where, where it says, and of such were some of ye. All kinds of, all kinds of people. We need to be kind. We need to be compassionate. We need to realize that that's what the gospel is for. You know, and, uh, um, and, and, and so, look, if we talk about these things, we need to talk about the truth in a way that's gracious in a way that is firm, and in a way that welcomes people to the same Savior that gives that, that truth because He loves them with open arms. And uh, that's, humanly, that's a hard balance to find. That's a hard balance to find. All of my life, I'm 53 years old, so my whole life, just about, since the age of four, my whole life it has been deemed constitutionally legal 
constitutional permission in our, our land to, you know, to terminate uh, children in, in the womb. And, uh, and so it's hard not to, I mean, it's, it's, hard, it's hard not to celebrate a bit, right? The, the, maybe we have at least a chance to, to, to circumvent that, to, to stem that flow. But I, I admit that in my celebration sometimes, you know, you know those guys in football, they get penalized for excessive celebration. <laughs> you know, they're in there spiking the ball and strutting around, you know, and everything. That's, we can't be that. <laughs> we can be excited that, you know, that maybe we feel like this, something was accomplished. But, uh, not, not in a way that's going to be, you know, dare we say, um, you know, rubbing it in the opponent's face, as it were. You understand what I'm saying? Um, and, uh, and, and, and because, look, the fact of the matter is, God has been very gracious to you. And probably, if you're like, if you're like me, he's given you great opportunity to learn about God and His life-giving work from a very young age. Some might even put it this way. Some might put it that I was brainwashed. Well, if my brain was washed, you know, I'm thankful for that. But uh, I will say this. There had to come a time in my life where I had to take that for myself. And there was a time in my life where I wasn't, you know, I wasn't just drinking it because it was Kool-Aid. You know, there was a time in my life where I, 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 I worked through that whole thing personally as to what I believed and why I believed it. And if it hadn't held water for me, I would have I walked away. But it did. It did. <laughs> and, uh, and God is the one who quickens all things. And I charge you in, in, the, sight, in, in, I charge you in, the, in the sight of the God who quickens all things. Um, do whatever it is that he's called you to do. Do what it is that he's called you to do. Uh, because just like Timothy, who at times, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to, to quit. He wanted to, he wanted to uh, you know, just get on the sidelines. Um, Paul said to him, you know, I charge you not to do that. Because Christian, there's a God who's alive. He has made you. He has equipped you. He has formed you in your mother's womb. He has woven you to be exactly what He wants you to be. You have been born into this gift of life. And there's a purpose that it serves for as long as you're here. Um, and uh, I like the fact that in our church, we have, we have babies that cry because they don't know better. And uh, you know, right up to 98 years old. Right? That's our threshold right now. We're going to try to keep that going. We're going to try to get it, you know, by, by God's grace. Uh, the one who gives life, right? If, uh, if we have some, if we have, uh, some people in our, in our, in their, uh, hit the century mark, that's going to be great. Um, but, you know, I like that we have a church that's diverse like that and, uh, in, in, in ages. And because it just uh, it reminds me again, God gives life, and we're in the midst of that. I charge you uh, to, uh, you know, to live that in, in His sight and to Always keep that worldview firmly entrenched because the devil wants to slap that out of your hands. 
The devil wants to say, hey, you're just kind of foolish and outdated with all that stuff. Look at the new modern world that we're living in and how we're moving forward for the cause, you know? And it's like, well, I don't think so. I think the, the closer we can get to God and His ways, the better it is for us individually, for our families, for our church, and for society. And, uh, and so be encouraged today, uh, Christian.